0: on this episode of Why Watch That.
1: I liked some of the skits they had in there. I liked the skit with the black actors, Whoopi Goldberg, (laughs) um, (laughs) Crazy Man, (laughs) Tracy Morgan, and Old Girl from SNL, that whole thing where they were substituted into movies. Uh, But, you know, Tracy Morgan as the Danish girl was hilarious. I liked, it's always good when they go out to the streets Oh, my people. gosh.
0: Yes, and if you don't know listeners, he went to a local Compton uh, yes. theater right outside and, and talked to the people of the streets and got some yeah. revelation people that not everybody knows who Steven Spielberg is. <laughs>
1: Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic
0: and referee who go head to head on a quest to discover the best movies and
1: TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic.
0: Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work, so you don't have to. Welcome, Welcome to, to Why, Watch, Why that. Watch That, presented by Dynamic Network.
1: the why watch that talk
0: well 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 here we are yet again another year another oscar season has gone by and i must say critic that there were really no surprises here
1: (laughs) not really yeah um What will be a surprise is how many people watched it. The boycott. You know
0: what? It was really interesting. I think we need to definitely start with the fact that Chris Rock, for me, did an outstanding job. He um, delivered Chris Rock in true fashion. And he actually pulled no punches. He did not uh, leave us wanting more as far as what he thought about the whole boycott
1: situation. Yeah, and, and from the beginning, you know, he went after both sides.
0: Yes, he did.
1: Yeah. Um, I liked him going after Kevin Hart. I thought that was funny, too.
0: That was um, funny. I like the Smiths. They were definitely addressed.
1: They yeah. were addressed. <laughs> yes, they were. Um So, you know, overall, I agree with you. I I liked some of the skits they had in there. I liked the skits with the black actors, Whoopi Goldberg, (laughs) um, (laughs) (laughs) Crazy Man, (laughs) Tracy Morgan, and Old Girl from SNL. That whole thing where they were substituted into movies. Uh, But, you know, Tracy Morgan as a Danish girl was hilarious. I liked, it's always good when they go out to the streets Oh my gosh.
0: Yes. And if you don't know listeners, he went to a local Compton uh, theater right outside and and talked to the people of the streets and got some revelation people that not everybody knows who
1: Steven Spielberg is. (laughs) Yeah, the guy was like, yeah, I heard him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I do want to say that uh a whole Jack Black, uh, the moment in black history was funny with Angela Mm -hmm. Bassett. I was just Mm -hmm. like... What are we up to right now? So anyway, um, Chris Rock, uh, we definitely are fans here at Why Watch That um, of of him. Period. Yeah. But he definitely delivered as a host. Had a tough job, and I I think he knocked it out of the park.
1: So. Yeah, uh, th- tricky. Like you said, tough. Very tricky. How do you how do you skewer Hollywood and not go too far with it? You know. So. Um, I agree with you. I also applaud Reginald Hudlin, who is his first time producing the Oscars. He's a black man producing the Oscars. He directed House Party. He directed Boomerang. Okay.
0: <laughs> there we go. And they even had a
1: black conductor. Did you see I that? I did. I
0: saw that. It was funny. <laughs> well, let's get to this list. Our last... Um, well, first of all, uh, we went through this these nominations, and we talked about, we predicted what the Ca- Academy yeah would crown winners it would you know crown as winners sorry i'm at an oscar party so i'm like really in the back room here and like taping this it right now good. it sounds so good you may, you may you may hear some people but um i i think that we pretty much knocked it out of the park i don't remember we may have one or two but we pretty much predicted what um, the Academy would nominate. And let's go through that list. I want to first start with the um, best original screenplay really quickly mm-hmm. because um, Straight Out of Compton was in that list and that got a lot of controversy for it being a black movie, black produced, but um, white written. And people thought they were going to get it. And actually we called it, or at least I did, I said it would go to spotlight.
1: And it did. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree. But I did throw that in. I said maybe they want to do that, you know, just to give them the award. Um, I saw straight out of Compton. Mm. Uh, sorry. I, I'm so sorry to say this, but they did not deserve that award and they didn't get it. Um, well, and look, just thanks. quickly on Compton and we, we'll move forward because I've just seen it. Um, The ensemble of actors. That is the best thing in the whole movie. Hmm. Those guys did a great job. They Mm -hmm. really did. Uh, With a script that had problems. Uh, It had moments. The moment when Ice Cube does his battle rap against the, uh, the current members of NWA after he leaves. Probably the best moment of the film. They cut from him in the studio to them listening and and, uh, the producers in their manager's home, Paul Giamatti, and he's going nuts. They have some women in the background laughing at them. I mean, that's I wanted more of that and I wanted more depth from it. I wanted to know why Uh, were these guys doing this just because of the cops? Did they really love music or was it something else? So, and it was too long. All right. Yeah. I mean, but, but it was good. It was good. So I'm not, I'm not hating on it. It's just, you know, when you think of it this way, yeah, I understand spotlight winning there. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, we're going to go quickly to the best adapted screenplay. Um, which was given to The Big Short, and I believe we called that as well. No real surprise here. Those two movies are basically, in my mind, very, very similar um, as far as, like, the ensemble, the makeup of it. It's an ensemble movie. It's about a small fraction of people overtaking things, you know, and people just, they root for things like that. So it it, it got it. Um, We are not going to go through all the technical Awards, but we can safely say that Mad Max swept just about swept all of the technical. Yeah, yeah. So hats off to Mad Max. You did see that in the theater properly um, with in 3D, correct?
1: That's right. Loved it.
0: Okay, so let's move on to and and we can go back to like you know you know those other. Categories that we adore and, and love. Let's get to the heart of it. Best supporting actress. Uh-huh. We, what, who did we, did we, did we call this or not? Yeah, we called the candor. Okay. So the best supporting actress goes to Alicia, is it Vidkander or
1: Vidkander? The
0: candor mm-hmm. for the Danish girl. Pretty much she's been doing very well in the award season. She got it tonight.
1: Yeah. I still have. I haven't seen the Danish Girl yet. I haven't either. I haven't either. Um, So I can't even attest to it.
0: Um, Best actor went to Bridge of Spies, which you said you saw and you liked it. It's Mark Rylance, and he. That's kind of no surprise either.
1: Uh, Well, yeah, best supporting actor. Well, you know, people thought Stallone would win. They did. They did. Uh, Idris Elba wasn't nominated, so. That was the uh, real snub. Yeah, that was that you're exactly right. So let me say it that again. The real oh, snub. Go ahead. Idris that Allen.
0: started all this, really, yeah. who had the valid argument, in my opinion, and obviously in yours. Yes. To to yeah. protest. And to me, you know who else got snubbed?
1: Who?
0: I really liked two other actors. And I've said it before. Stanley Tucci in mm-hmm. Spotlight did an amazing job. Mm-hmm. And um and also um Belnicio
1: <laughs> De- and Sicario Del Toro
0: and Sicario to me. Mm-hmm. Those are the snubs. So
1: Yeah, but Bridge of Spies, Mark Rylance is supporting actor. He he really is the movie to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh
1: it's not a great movie, but he does a great job. Okay.
0: Alright, so let's um we're gonna save the big ones for last. Let's go to Best Director. Uh oh. Got it for the Revenant. Go ahead and say it. You know I
1: Alejandro love it. Alejandro
0: González too. He won second year in a row, and I believe in a long time that no director has done that in its recent in its recent years. So Alejandro made an amazing acceptance speech. If you get a chance, go on YouTube or I'm sure it's floating around on Facebook. Listen to that speech because. We all kind of cheered here at the party. He was the only person of color yeah. in a major cal- category, in a major category, nominated, and he's the only person of color who did win. And he spoke to that. So
1: I'm so happy that he won. Yeah, yep. You called that one. We called,
0: We called it. Um, let's move on to the best actress in a role. No surprise here. Of course, it is.
1: Brie Larson for Room, which I saw and which she deserves.
0: Oh, good because I haven't seen that yet. It's, that's
1: next on. my it, best. Her performance is pitch perfect. It's not too much. Mm. Um, she's coming for you, uh, old girl. Enjoy, <laughs> Jennifer uh, Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> Watch out. You know
0: what? We should totally look up and see what she's doing on IMDb because you know yeah. that'll that'll give you an a, you know. It'll because she's had a spotty career. She talks about it, yeah. And not spotty isn't bad. She's just interested in a lot of things, and she's seen a lot of rejection because she wasn't pretty enough, she wasn't ugly enough. She was kind of in this in between. She did a wonderful um, talk on that on the Hollywood Reporter. Um, best actor, no surprise here. Well
1: deserved, Leonardo DiCaprio for yeah, no For for physical acting, he won. Um, I'm down with that. I'm cool with it. You actually called that
0: actually a while back um, yeah. when you first saw it. Um, let's not forget Best Picture, the big one of the night, goes to, and I called this one,
1: Spotlight. Spotlight. Yeah. Um, was it my favorite movie of these nominees? No. Um, but I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, the thing about Spotlight is they really let the story tell itself. Um, yeah. And I think that's what is being appreciated. Uh, Mad Max and The Revenant, to me, were in the mix. But, okay.
0: You know what the cool thing... The wonderful thing about Spotlight is its restraint. It was really about reporting. And it wasn't (laughs) about making heroes of any... No one was made a hero. Absolutely no one got a crown. Maybe Mark Ruffalo, his passion but um it was definitely about the reporting um you can check out the other um winners of the night on the oscars uh website Or you could even just kind of just flip through your phone. You'll see it's all everywhere. We'll link
1: it in the show notes. We'll link it. We'll
0: link it in the show notes. We say congratulations to everyone nominated and all the winners tonight. We at Why Watch That love, 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 love movies. So hopefully next year we'll get a little more diversity. Yeah. Um, But we will definitely see you at the movies. Congratulations. This episode of Why Watch That is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, providing digital versions of audiobooks for download to your computer, phone, and mp3 player.
1: Sign up today to try Audible free for 30 days and get a free audiobook of your choice. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash whywatchthat to get your free audiobook now and to support our show. Back to Why Watch That.
0: Why Watch That Insider.
1: All right. Now,
0: I've been <laughs> hearing something about this MacGuffin.
1: MacGuffin. It's
0: giving you a new light on how you watch shows. And you said I do it naturally.
1: Yes. Okay. As, as a writer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you tell me, well, okay, what it? is it, first of all? Well, look, it came. Uh, Hitchcock coined the term. Yeah. Um, and he tells this story about what it is because someone asked him. but basically if you go to Gotham Writers, okay, um, they discuss it in a little article. So let me just read a little bit about he's, about what he says. He says, as far as anyone can tell Hitchcock made it up.
0: Okay. <laughs> of course he
1: did. <laughs> uh, Hitchcock used it to describe the linchpin of the mystery detective or suspense story, the motivating or primal force behind the narrative, not the motive itself, but the gizmo situation or event that lies behind the motive. So
0: it's like a force. Exactly. Okay.
1: And it's it's almost a physical representation of it. So it's two things going on. The narrative force is what I'm focusing on now. All right. And that's what you do naturally. And in certain stories, you get the MacGuffin, almost like the ring in The Lord of the Rings. That's a physical object. Okay,
0: so let's break this mm-hmm. down because I I don't know this term. But yes, you say I do it. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're saying that the MacGuffin, M C G
1: U F F I N, or it could be uh, M A C. Okay, either one.
0: So the MacGuffin is a writing technique, storytelling technique. We'll say that, or device, or device mm-hmm. within a story that helps the that drives the the story to this specific narrative. So like. Um, if it's... Let's do The Good Wife. Mm-hmm. Because we love that show. Yeah. This technique helps us keep focused with the narrative. That's The right. overall narrative. Yeah. So, for example, what would that be in The Good Wife? Well,
1: The Good Wife doesn't have a MacGuffin, per se. Okay. But it certainly has a narrative force. And in TV, it's interesting because they have to tell so many stories over so many seasons. Right. So they may have numerous narrative forces. Uh, the Good Wife overall is about Alicia Florrick becoming her own person, divorced, in quotes, mm-hmm. from her husband. So who is she? And what happens is you get these tensions because she's reaching for something which he may not like. The, the husband. Right, uh-huh. the husband. Also, how does that affect Will, who employed her? How does that affect Diane, who works with Will at so, the beginning? So
0: the overall MacGuffin mm-hmm. for this particular example mm-hmm. is that Alicia is her own person. Then there's, like, or is to be her own person yeah. outside of being a wife to Peter. Mm-hmm. Then you have these, like, sub... But you have these sub-MacGuffins? Sub-narratives? sub, uh, MacGuffins? sub, sub narratives?
1: Yeah, yeah, so it's just a, it was Hitchcock's way Uh of coining the narrative force in an actual physical form almost. So this was the inspiration for me to think broader with the narrative force itself. So it doesn't necessarily have to have that object, but everything has to have the narrative force. That's what we're talking about here with The Good Wife, with Alicia Florent.
0: Insert examples.
1: Yes. Also, same show, Good Wife, Peter's race for president. Gotcha. Right? That is a narrative force. How does Alicia feel about that? How does that affect her? Hmm. When you bring in Margo Martindale as his campaign manager and Eli Gold, right? So you have the two of them at loggerheads. But it's all being driven by Peter Floyd wants to be president. Mm-hmm. Right, so you have the, the whole universe of the good wife spinning around that in some way even okay Alicia decides to go out on her own how does that coincide with Peter Floyd wanting to be president and her decision to be on her own now you can pull in Luca Quinn now you get a new Luca Quinn, Luca Quinn uh, the black British actress the new character uh-huh. here mm-hmm. you pull her in you pull in uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as the new investigator you pull in uh
0: all these little things all that stuff that's going to either assist or not right. assist oh, oh that's my phone so assist or not assist the MacGuffin,
1: right that narrative force
0: okay so here's the thing here's the real conversation and why we included it in this podcast yeah yes american television
1: This is why you included it. Yes, it it is. It is. There is
0: always... I feel like a lot of times, with television, period, Mm -hmm. right? Or even films. Yes. Even films. That there is an overall central... Like, The Lord of the Rings, the example you were going to give, is a beautiful example of a MacGuffin. Yeah. Everything about those three movies... And even in The Hobbit, so to speak, those movies, but especially Lord of the Rings, is about the ring.
1: Yes. And see, that's l- the literal MacGuffin, because it's an object. An object, right? but
0: it could be something else. Right.
1: But, but and it, it represents the narrative force. That ring. Right. It's not just the ring. You have to set everything up. Right.
0: And there's moments where you set it up and where you don't set it up. But every scene, every conversation, everything assists towards that narrative. That's right. And what we have a problem with sometimes in American television is that we lose sight. We. Mm
1: -hmm. I'm saying
0: we because we're both American. Yeah. We lose sight of the actual narrative driving force. Yeah. And then when you have all these sub, sub, I'm not even going to call them McGuffins, just subplots everywhere. Yeah. Then where does that leave us?
1: Well, they have to be attached to that narrative force. That's the problem. And that's
0: my example yeah. of what's going on in television. When you have something extended over a mm-hmm. long period of time, such yes. as seven years, even five seasons... That you get this strong sense of MacGuffin, or what the MacGuffin is in the first season. Mm-hmm. The second season, it's finding itself by three and four. You're kind of like, what is going on? And then you can get a sense that the show got a contract to wrap
1: it up. Right. <laughs> and then... And that's why maybe these anthology series are so popular now.
0: That's very similar to what other uh, country.
1: The Great Britain. Exactly.
0: Oh, wow. The British do it very well. Yeah. So, overall, this is something that you're going to use... To help yeah. watch.
1: Yeah, not literally MacGuffins all the time, but definitely the narrative Force. And I would challenge all of the listeners. You don't have to challenge me because I've, <laughs> I have very much been doing this for quite some time. Just from now on, start looking. Even if it's a show you've been watching or a movie you've seen before, watch it with this in mind. Go, what are they going after? And does everything I'm seeing... Serve that or not?
0: Mm, I think that's a great word. You know what? Thanks, Crit, for bringing this up. That is great insight.
1: Well, you uh, you inspired it almost. (laughs) Oh, well, (laughs) (laughs) you know I do what I can.
0: (laughs) And now the pick of the week.
1: Now the ref is on a roll here. She has another pick of the week for us. Second in a row. and this one is surprising. It's Deadpool. Deadpool. I know,
0: I know, I know. But you, everybody knows how much I love Marvel. I don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to go really fast. Imagine going to the movie theater, sitting with X-Men. Well, not X-Men. We'll say Iron Man, mm-hmm. Captain America, all these in your head. And you're sitting down at Deadpool, and you watch it. You're going to be blown away. And not necessarily in a good way. Okay, Imagine all right. Quentin Tarantino decided to throw out his artistic integrity and direct a superhero movie, you will have Deadpool.
1: Whoa. <laughs> now, now this was directed by Tim Miller. It's yes. starring Ryan Reynolds as the titular character, among other people. Uh, yes. Now, did you I like it, though?
0: Say, okay, the thing about it is, it actually addresses the fact that Deadpool and Ryan Reynolds was in the first Wolverine um, origin movie and it sort of pokes fun at Hugh Jackman throughout its time, but this is really an origin movie for Deadpool. You find out where he came from, what he goes through, how he becomes this super or anti-superhero, and he also solicits the help of the X-Men. So you can almost see and foresee that they're trying to mesh these two worlds together. Marvel's doing its very, very best to try and grab that X-Men franchise. Now, overall, we you go see Deadpool, make sure that you do not under any circumstances take your kids. This is not a kids movie. This is a an an adult male eighteen to forty movie without your girlfriend.
1: Well is it exciting? (laughs) Is it funny?
0: It's funny at times, it's exciting, but at the same time, think Quentin Tarantino. Think lots of blood, lots of gore, lots of cussing, lots of sex. And I
1: guess we'll know whether we can check that out or not now.
0: (laughs) Well, I would say check it out with caution. Don't go into this uh, particular uh, movie thinking you're going to see, you know, Iron Man. (laughs) 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 Go with caution, I say.